What's up, Canes fans? Welcome into another edition of the Canes Insight Podcast. I am your host, Peter Ariz. D-Money, not here today. He's out in the Pacific Northwest, out in the mountains right now, so we're letting him enjoy his vacation time. When he comes back, he will, of course, be dropping all the recruiting info, uh, the bank, the ATM. You can always find it on the canesinsight.com website, the latest always on the forums, the message boards there. The Canes Insight community does a great job always updating on the latest happenings on social media, the visits. Recruiting is the craziest it's ever been now in the NIL era. And, of course, it's a free website, Canes Insight. You're going to get the latest updates fresh right there. And might as well sign up. D-Money, like I said, always bringing the freshest updates there. But going to bring you guys a great episode tonight. Interview with Nino Francavilla, recent offensive line commit that I know a lot of fans were sort of wondering what's the story on this guy. Not a highly rated recruit, not on all these websites with the biggest offers. And he was a guy who was committed to Harvard, had Ivy League offers. I think Miami got a steal here. You talk to some people inside the building. They say, look, we trust what we do, especially on the offensive line side in terms of evaluations. But with Frank Avila, you're talking about a guy who has really, really good verified testing numbers from a lot of these camps that he's, that he's been at, NC State in particular. He's going to be playing an interior offensive line role for the Canes. And then you guys will see in the interview, personality-wise, He's got that edge to him, and he's someone who kind of plays with that chip on his shoulder, but also at the same time takes pride in knowing that, look, I play a, a position that is is very football IQ oriented. I have to put in that extra work. So you'll get to know him a little bit in our interview here uh, in, in just a few minutes. But I wanted to touch on really – Something that's very interesting, it's not really out there, right? And, and Mario Cristobal mentioned it today in practice, uh, after practice, I should say, with the media. But this weekend scrimmage will be open to the public. 9 a.m. at Hard Rock Stadium. Again, everyone's fiending for updates on the team, things of that nature. You can go and see them scrimmage this Saturday 9 a.m. Hard Rock Stadium, free admission. You don't need a ticket. You don't need anything like that. I I just got confirmation uh, before I recorded this show. I haven't really seen it out there published that much. Cristobal said today it's part of them wanting to get comfortable uh, playing at home and really trying to build a home field advantage, getting some fans in the stadium. Obviously, it probably won't won't be that many uh, because it's not really out there like that, but – I know that the Canes Inside Faithful, if you're in South Florida, this is something that you would definitely be interested in going to. 9 a.m. Hard Rock Stadium, open scrimmage. I want to get into a few of the things that I'm looking very closely at this weekend in terms of the scrimmage. Um, But before I do that, three names that I continue to hear from 
people inside the building, people who are at practice every day, scouts, which the scouts are not people who are really watching the underclassmen like that. They're looking at the guys who are draft eligible. But and this echoes what Mario Cristobal says. So none of this is it should be a uh, a surprise to anyone who's followed it closely. But Mark Fletcher at running back from a physical standpoint coming in there at 225, 230, and in practice making the sort of plays that you would expect from a guy of his stature. Francis Malagoa, scouts are going in there and saying this is, and I said this, I believe, on the live last week, but scouts who are going in there looking at the guys who are draft eligible this year are coming out of there saying the best-looking guy is that freshman tackle they have right and the staff has not been shy about uh saying that he's going to be a future first round type talent and again this is this is uh, a staff that recruited and developed Panay Sewell so those two names and then Ruben Bain as you heard Mario Cristobal say today in the post media or post practice media session that and again, Mario Cristobal is not a guy who really is going out there out of his way to compliment guys over the top. Had nothing but great things to say about Ruben Bain. Mentally, we know he's a step above, but physically he's taken that next step, added 15, 20 good pounds of weight, made huge strength gains in the weight room. And again, you can check that out on the website. I have a couple updates there the full quotes and the full videos uh, from Coach Cristobal in uh, in his post-practice media session there where he mentioned a lot of these things that I'm, that I'm discussing here. Saturday, the scrimmage, a few things that I'm going to be keying in on. Quarterback play, TVD's the guy. Everything I've heard from him out of camp has been getting back to where he was in terms of his form the year before. A lot of that is just his comfort level uh, in this sort of system, in this offense, right? But more so behind him, right? Emery Williams has come in from spring in terms of the mental side of it and, and really taking that initiative at the quarterback position that you're looking for. He's really pushed Jakari Brown, and everyone who watched the Canes last year and has followed his recruitment and his career up to this point, understand the sort of athlete that Jakari Brown is. And another guy who character-wise off the charts, everyone in the locker room loves him, puts in the extra time, the extra work. As he continues to develop the intricacies of his game from the pocket that new offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson has been it seems like pleasantly surprised with right his development there. You're going to have a very interesting battle there because I think we've heard for a while, D-Money said this, Jakari Brown um, wouldn't be opposed to redshirting this year, saving a year of eligibility. But if he's taking the strides that he might be taking, that it seems like he is, and at the same time, Emery Williams also providing a nice option for depth there, with the way that he's he's coming along as well, that quarterback spot behind TVD is is going to be very very interesting in terms of developing beyond this year. 
offensive line-wise, Maokoa, I think everyone who attends that scrimmage, because I don't think there's going to be really much video from this uh, scrimmage. If you're in person, go watch Maokoa. The thing with him is you have to really see it in person to appreciate it as a true freshman in the trenches. The trench play always takes a couple years to really get that grown man strength, so to speak, um, that a lot of these guys have to experience taking the step up from high school. But that has not been a problem early on for Francis Malgo. And then Samson Okanlola, who the staff from day one when they started recruiting this guy a couple years back, believed that he was a future top five, potential top two to three, maybe number one overall pick in the draft because of his athletic ceiling. I think that there was a huge learning curve for him when he first came in in January, but everything that I'm hearing now is he's you're starting to see those flashes, and I think he probably ends up starting, I think I said this again on the live last week that we do every Thursday night, Kane's Insight Live on YouTube. I said this is a guy who probably will start four to five games next season, and I will stick by that based off what I'm hearing right now. So a few other things off, uh, you know, the scrimmage, if you're going to be out there this weekend or if you're going to be following it, wide receiver spot. Someone told me today, I heard the kid from California. He's not originally from California, but referring to Shamar Kirk, that he was having a strong camp. Um, so he's a guy in that, in that receiver room that I would keep a close eye on Ray, Ray Joseph in that same line as Ruben Bain and Mark Fletcher as someone that Mario Cristobal singled out in that freshman class in terms of, again, everyone knows how fast he is, but the character and the work ethic. And when you talk about the last 10 years, 15 years as a Canes fan, these teams have quit. When you fill a locker room with a Ray Ray Joseph and a Ruben Bain and those sorts of leaders, that quit is going to be very, very tough to come by. And that's what they're filling this locker room with outside of the great athletic ability. On the defensive side of the ball, Everyone understands that that defensive line should be a strength of this team. Looking at the back end in the secondary, Coach Cristobal today in the press in the press conference said, "Look, I went asked about the the defensive back room. He said, "Look, I got to pull up the roster because we have so many guys out there who are, you know, making making plays and doing a very good job uh, at this moment." Damari Brown, freshman from American Heritage, got a long quote from Coach Cristobal because he said he's physical, he's fast, he has the pedigree in terms of uh, his, he said, he used the word courage. Um, So he's not coming in there as your typical true freshman with his, with his bloodline as the, the words that, that Coach Cristobal used there. Obviously, his father, and then Devontae Brown, his brother, you know, also in the secondary with him here. So Saturday, if you're going to be in attendance, I think watch the receivers, the defensive backs, and then 
We know that this is a very strong defensive line. Everyone's talking about how excited they are about the offensive line. That should be a great battle to watch. And again, I'm very excited for you guys to all listen to this next segment I have with Nino Francovilla. Very interesting stuff from him. His dad was a high-level goalkeeper in the Italian Serie B, which was or still is the second level of Italian football. And this is a guy who's coming in with high-level athletic ability, may not have the the star rating that is going to get a lot of people excited, but high-level athletic ability, testing numbers show it, mentally comes from great stock and you hear when he talks about it, how much he loves the game. Canes fans excited for you to listen to this next interview. And again, tomorrow night, well, tonight, Thursday, Canes Insight Live, 8 PM every week streaming. And we're ready for the season to get started. We're going to incorporate a lot of different things. Stay tuned. Keep it locked on the website. Go Canes. Excited to be joined now on the Canes Insight podcast by Nino Francavilla, recent Canes commit on the offensive line up there at Cheshire Academy in Connecticut. Nino, man, appreciate you joining the show today and excited to get to know you and, you know, kind of introduce you to the Canes fans somewhat. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited to do this. Yeah, man. So, you know, we get most of the commits on here and it's a, it's a cool way for the fans to get to know you guys, you know, a little bit. We'll get into obviously your commitment and things like that. But, um, you know, obviously last week you, you make it official, you flip from Harvard. Talk to me a little bit about the decision for Miami. I know you've been kind of on a tour this summer. It seemed like going to a bunch of camps and things of that nature. Um, so you've, you've seen a bunch of stuff out there. What was it about Miami coming in there offering you that made you say, I got to jump on this pretty much right away. Um, so once I was down there and I camped, um, coach Cristobal and coach Mirabal seemed like very genuine, uh, with what they were telling me and, just kind of the whole coaching staff kind of they didn't know my name going into the camp but everyone kind of knew me afterwards so it showed that they were really like paying attention and stuff um and then just like the constant contact between coach Cristobal and my family or coach Mirabal and my family um just really especially with my parents just getting them to like understand what Miami can actually offer not only from a football point but like as a career or education and stuff and how it can further your career um, and that was just that was really big for me, just kind of the connection that they were trying to make with me and my family. And that kind of leads me into my next question, because, look, on the surface, football wise, it's easy to say Miami is the choice for you over Harvard. Yeah. But how difficult was it knowing the opportunities that you also had Ivy League wise and the opportunities that those sort of schools can present to you? Um in terms of Miami, what they were explaining to you and the off-field advantages of being here and, and the school aspect of it and just being in the city of Miami, what was it about that part of it that was easy for you to say, it's not just a football thing, but Miami has my best interests at heart for the future? 
Yeah, obviously, when you're talking about like an Ivy League degree and stuff, those hold a certain amount of weight, um, no matter what business you get into. Um, but Miami is still a very good school, um, especially like in the ACC. And when you're talking about Power Five programs, they're not just like a football factory. They Their degree holds weight. Um, and then specifically for me, I want to get into medicine. So Florida is a very lucrative uh, medicine industry. And then Miami having their own medical building and all that stuff. Um, it just seemed like I could get the best of both worlds playing power five football while still furthering my education there. Definitely. Definitely. So talk to me a little bit about your football j- uh, journey, obviously originally from Canada and now at prep school up there in, in Connecticut. Well, not prep school, but I, I know that there is a prep school aspect to, to there. Uh, Josh Job from Christopher Columbus high school down here. I believe he went, he went there as well with the Eagles now went to Alabama. Um, but, and I think he was more of a prep guy, but for you, how early did you get into football? What was your athletic background, right? Was football the first thing you jumped into? Um, talk to me a little bit about, about that. Um, so I'm Italian to start off with. So the first thing I got into was soccer got um, and my dad, he played high level soccer. So he kind of encouraged me to get into soccer. Um, and then I would say around when I was eight years old, my uncle actually founded the the football team that's in my city. And he was like, Hey, like you're a big eight year old. You should, you should try and play football. And to me and my family, that was kind of like a weird, like football, like who really plays football here? Um, Well, first of all, you had to, you had to convince them to say football. Yeah. Because they, you know, had, in their mind, football was their football, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was tough just getting my dad to like be like, hey, yeah, don't play, don't play soccer, play football. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I, I started doing really well and I started excelling and I carried it all through high school and stuff. Um, and then it was actually my high school coach uh, back at Chaminade, the school I went to in Toronto, um, that said like, hey, like, you're a good enough talent. You should go play in the States. It's, it's not worth your time to keep playing here and you won't get the exposure and stuff. Um, and then he put me in contact with the coach at Loomis. Um, and then I played there and then now I'll be transferring to Cheshire Academy. Awesome. Now I, I, I love this background stuff. So I got to ask you a couple follow-up questions about the soccer stuff where you said your dad played high level uh, soccer. Where, where did he play? Oh, uh, he played in Italy. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what 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 league was he was he in over there? Yeah. So he played a uh, city of B, which like awesome. for a lot yeah, of, it's yeah, a lot of people level, who don't man. know soccer, city is like the top level, and city is the second division. Um, it's still professional. Um, but yeah, he played for a smaller club and called Body. Okay. And what position did you play? Come on, give he, us give us the, give us the scouting report on him. Um. Yeah. So he was a goalkeeper. Um. Cause he was just kind of like tall and long arms like me and stuff. So obviously he was a little thinner than me, but uh, yeah, he, he played goalie um, and then he ended up hurting his knee and that's when his kind of career ended. Listen, so you watched a lot of Buffon growing up, I'm guessing. Yeah. I have a Jersey in my room actually. There you go. There you go. So listen, maybe, we, maybe we can give Messi a little bit of credit when your dad saw him, make the move down here. He said, all right, maybe, maybe Miami's not such a bad place. I mean, if Messi can go here, I can go here. So 
Definitely. So let's get back into the football stuff a little bit. Miami uh, related stuff, the coaching staff, you talked about coach Cristobal, coach Mirabal, the relationship that they were building with your family from a development standpoint and understanding who they've produced, who they've worked with and their coaching style overall, how, how comfortable were you with saying, I'm going to trust you guys with taking my game to the next level? Well, like obviously coach Mirabal, he's the offensive line coach. I mean, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Um, even from his time at Oregon and stuff, he was producing NFL talent left, right and center. And then you look at um, who he was able to attract just with his resume, not really with um, all the stuff that he's done at Miami, but just with the rem- resume of what he's done at Oregon and stuff with Samson and Francis, two of like the best offensive linemen in the country. Um, and just from what I've like talked with him and even just at the camp, he was very technical based, very sound technically, not all super flashy and stuff, um, which is something that I really liked. And it really seemed like just from that camp alone, I was able to grow as an offensive lineman. So four years with this coach, the sky's the limit for how much he can actually like get out of me and stuff. And then just with Coach Cristobal, his energy was kind of unmatched. Even when we're, we're talking on the phone or we're texting or something, his energy just like comes right through the phone. Um, and even when I told him I was committing, he was jumping up and down and clapping and all this stuff. So his energy was kind of a huge factor for me too. And, and how, yeah, how exciting did that make you feel too? Because at this point you don't have the star ratings and all that, but they aren't, they're recruiting you based off what they've seen with their own eyes that again, they are some of the smartest offensive line minds in the country. So what sort of confidence does that give you moving forward? I know you've played some defensive line as well, but you just growing at that position and knowing that these guys really believe in you. Yeah. Um, I've always been a guy who bets on myself. Um, I don't really look into like the stars or the rankings because I've played against five stars who were great. I've played against four stars who weren't. And it's just kind of, it all depends on how your recruiting works for you and how sites view that and stuff. So I've never been a big star guy. I could be a five star and it wouldn't really change anything. Um, but yeah, like coach Cristobal being kind of like an offensive line minded uh, head coach was definitely a, a, a factor for me. Just knowing that you'll have that second set of eyes. You'll have someone who's knowledgeable about the position, someone who's played the position. So how was this camp circuit for you? Because obviously you came to Miami, you went to NC state and I know you did a couple more. So getting that competition, right. That, that, against you mentioned it, you're, you're having a chance to go up against other nationally rated guys and just kind of see up close for yourself what what it kind of takes to compete day in day out against those types of guys how big was that for your development over the last couple of months um well first off going to miami and i also camped at fau um i was on vacation in florida and I just kind of said, oh, like Miami has a camp. Let's go. We were we were pretty close. And I just wanted Love to that. see what it was all about and stuff. So that was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Um, but as far as going up against like high level, like nationally ranked uh, talent, uh, my in my two years at Loomis, uh, we had uh, an offensive tackle go to Bama. We had a running back go to Wake. We have two defensive ends committed to Michigan. 
so I've been around that talent. Um, so it's it's nothing nothing really new to me because I've trained with those guys. I've gone against those guys for a couple seasons now, and then obviously playing the talent that that we face in games. So when I hear someone is a five star or a four star, like I take that with a grain of salt. Um, if you're good, you're good, and if you're not, you're not. It's, the stars the stars will only scare you on paper. Once you have the pads and the gloves and the mouth guard and you're snapping that football, everything else kind of just comes comes into play. So I don't really focus on going up against nationally ranked talent. It's me versus you. Best man wins, I guess. I don't know, man. You seem like you seem like you you can do your fair share of trash talking. Oh there. no, I never said I don't trash talk. I definitely <laughs> no, no. Trash I'm, talk. I'm I'm saying I'm getting that vibe in a, in a good yeah. way for your for your position, and I think that's probably. When these when these coaches when Coach Cristobal Mirabal see that up close, right? That's that's what they're looking for in terms of elevating the locker room and adding that competitive fire and competitive nature. They need more hot headed Italians. In they the do. Building. They really do. <laughs> the food so, will increase too. There you go. There you go. A couple more questions here before I uh, let you go. Obviously, the center position, right? That's that's most likely what you're going to be playing at the next level. Talk to me about how much learning is going into kind of just understanding everything that goes into that position because you have so many responsibilities, right? You are the quarterback of the offensive line, right? And if you don't do what you're supposed to do before the play, then the entire play is done from from the jump, right? So how has that learning process gone for you and – where do you think, I guess, you still have the most room to grow there? Um, so I've always been kind of a very cerebral player. Uh, I would say my football IQ is very, very high. Um, so obviously center kind of came naturally to me, making calls and stuff like that, just because especially from like a young age, when especially in Canada when we weren't really doing it, I was like calling out defensive fronts and alignments and stuff like that. So playing center was just natural to me. Um so that kind of aspect of it, I've never really been worried about. Um, obviously, there's college defensive fronts uh, are going to be different and formations and schemes and all that stuff are going to be different. But I'm I'm confident that I'll be able to pick it up fairly quickly and stuff. Um, and then just as far as uh, as far as like playing the center position, it like I said, you snap the football and then you play like every other position. So as soon as you get the snap down, it's kind of just the same thing as playing an any interior offensive line position. Um, and so just working at that, I would definitely say um, my, my foot speed or maybe maybe my hand placement in particular is something that I, I would work on the most. Um, I would say I have good power and good explosion, but just kind of being able to keep up with those guys who are obviously going to be more athletic at the next level, that's probably what I got to work on the most. Well, I was going to say, too, you have verified numbers from, I believe it was the NC State camp that you went to, yes. right? So, and those numbers look pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll have it posted on the interview uh, once, once this goes live. So, Canes fans, you can, you can, you'll see it now up on the screen. But the numbers that you had were pretty good. I mean, uh, more than pretty good. They're very good, especially for an interior lineman, right? So, um, I, I hear what you're saying you always want to improve, but I mean you're not you're not far off from where you from where you probably want to be. Yeah. Well, there's always room for improvement. So no matter how good you think you are, you you can always get better. 
Definitely. Well, Nino, I'll, I'll let you go with this. What's your message to Canes fans out there? Your, your follows have probably gone through the roof the last week or so. So that's always cool to see. Right. But um, what are you kind of looking forward to most uh, when you get to Miami and, you know, let the fans know kind of how you're feeling about about things moving forward? Um, yeah, with the 24 class especially, I feel like we've got some dogs in this class already. Um, and then we've, we're definitely getting some more big-time talent that's going to be coming through the class later on. Um, but, yeah, just once I get to Miami, I'm ready to work with the guys there, work with the incoming 24s and stuff. Um, really just kind of put my head down, work, get the team better, get everyone around me better, um, and then just try and win a national championship. I mean, I've played football for – this is my 10th year, and I have five championships, so – I would like to say impact winning, which is a big thing for me. So when I'm coming to Miami, like I plan on impact winning. That's, that's plain and simple. I don't play football to lose. So, well, listen, there's no men's soccer team in Miami, but we may have to get you on the pitch for some, from some intramural action. Maybe club team. (laughs) Maybe Nino Franca Villa, man. Appreciate the time today. And I I think Canes fans are definitely going to enjoy having you uh, on this team. Yeah, for sure. Thank you.